Welcome to Welcome to World According to Noah. I guess I kind of ran over your song there, didn't I? Yes. Oh. I guess that was a spooky voice. Okay, so we decided this week. Well, first of all, how was your week? Good. You had a good week? Today I just got to level 60 on Fortnite. Now I have the Torrin skin. Is that what you're wanting to get? Yes. So you've gotten what you want? Yes, but now I need the Carnage skin. So there's never an end to it, is there? No. You got what you wanted, but now you want more. (laughs) I think that's how everything goes, doesn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Anything interesting happened this week? Not really. We were going to do something fun yesterday. We were going to go trick-or-treating at Nakalula Nakalula Falls. Which is in Gadsden, Alabama. But there was one problem we didn't figure out. We didn't figure out. We thought no one would go trick-or-treating in the daytime. Because it was hot. Little did we know. There was uh, like 1,000 people there. I'm not sure how many people were there, but there were a lot, and the line was crazy. So we did not go trick-or-treating. But we just went and looked at the waterfall. We just looked at the waterfall, then we used the bathroom and jacks by, by Nakalula Falls. Yep. And then um, after that... um. We were going to um, a reptile show. Yeah, we happened to get told there's a reptile show when we got our sandwiches the other day. She just happened to mention it, and I just happened to remember. So we figured since we were in Gadsden already, we'd give it a shot to see what it was. But little we did we know, we had to go... F- Never mind. <laughs> I'll so, just say a hint. What we had to go through, it's a place where a lot of shootings happen. Yeah, we went through a pretty rough-looking area. Ways took us a, an odd way. But what did this reptile show have? They had exotic animals. Not really exotic. Not really. <laughs> there was only one animal I really wanted from that exotic animals, and it was a sugar glider. That was really the only exotic animal they had. But mom said Oh, we... no, they did have... Uh, um, wasn't there one other thing? Monkey. No, they had monkeys on their shirt saying they had them at one point. Hedgehog. Time. They were hedgehogs, but what was the... Um... Oh, shoot. Um... The tangu? Not... There was a tangu, but there was another little fuzzy guy up front. Monkey. No. We didn't see monkeys yesterday. I don't remember. There's another little fuzzy guy up front, but anyway. Mostly it was all pythons. Or yes. whatever. Reptiles. Snakes. And reptiles. Not really. There were some reptiles. There were some tortoises. There were some. But it was rats. all snakes. There were some rats. Snakes. Rats. And more snakes. There were some rats. <laughs> and more snakes. There were naked mole rats. <laughs> And then some snakes. 
And tiny little tortoise. And another snake. <laughs> and a few more snakes. And a tiny little tortoise. One, two more snakes. And a whole box full of tiny tortoises. And a little more snakes. No, like... The yes, ti- there were a lot of tiny tortoises in that little box. <laughs> they were like... They had tiny ones and small ones because they had a bunch of them, didn't they? Yes. Tortoises would outlive us. <laughs> what would we do with a tortoise? Um, I think you just put them in the backyard and they walk around and eat your grass. Yay, free lawnmower. It, it wouldn't work in our backyard. He'd kind of tumble over and then be stuck down at the bottom. Wee. Yeah. So that pretty much wraps up our week, right? Kinda. What else did you do? You want to talk about school? No. Didn't think so. (laughs) Okay, so we decided since we noticed last week we had listens from different places. Yes. We're doing Halloween scary stories of the places that that listen to the podcast. So yes, we had a lot of out of country. They might not have been from out of country. They might have had it their ISP pointed that way to make it look like they're from that country, whatever. It showed a bunch of downloads from other countries, and we are going to try to do some ghost stories from those countries. Now, I'm going to go ahead and admit I'm going to butcher a lot of names. We are from the South, and I don't know how to speak these other languages, and I'm going to try my best. So, if you are from these countries, I apologize. There are some of these stories are easy to read. Some of the stories are pretty difficult because there's a lot of words and I can't say them. But I'm going to do my best. Does that sound like a plan? Yes. The first story we're talking about is Belgium. So we're starting with Barcelona. I meant Barcelona. That was one of our downloads last week. Somebody from Barcelona. So here are some stories and you probably know, if you are from these places, you probably know these stories better than me. I just had to look up. I just wanted to find some kind of spooky story that were kids could listen to. So Can, here's what we got. What the first story is Camille de la Nuit. This is the first story. Carrie Joseph Torres twenty. Carrere Joseph Torres twenty. I'm assuming. Augustin Azaris was an industrialist who in 1892 was facing serious problems, financial problems. Nevertheless, he wanted to finish building a fine house to himself. In Gracia, he decided to make a deal with the devil, selling his soul in exchange for a fortune. He ended up winning the lottery and consequently decorated the facade of his house, which is the outside of his house, with demon heads that remain to this day. Like, you can see only one on this one. You see that right there? That's a demon head. And supposedly he had a bunch of demon heads and stuff inside of his house, too. Because he sold his soul to the devil to win the lottery. What you think? What type of idiot would do that? I don't know. This guy who wanted to finish his house. I'm not going to sell my soul to the devil to finish the house. All right. Now, here's the one that Noah was trying to read. Carrere de la Nuit de Saint-Cugat. <laughs> it says sure, Sagat. 
I'm sure that is nowhere near what it's supposed to be. That says Sagat. That says Sant Kugat. Those are two words. Okay, look up that story on Google Translate. This street in La Ribera was home to the most famous school of witchcraft in Barcelona. Oh. They had school of witchcraft? I didn't know. The school was run by a famous disciple of the devil called Seca. Saka Sika? Saka Sita. It is rumored that the school produced professionals of witchcraft who would buy the bones of people who had been condemned to the gallows. You know what the gallows are? No. It's where they hung the people. Oh. That's the gallows. Several of the school's students were ultimately captured and burned at the stake. Oh, yeah. Because that's what they do to witches. They burn them at the stake. That's what they used to do. Yeah, that's what they used to do. They don't do that anymore. Because they... Witches ain't real. Alright, so this one... Man, this is crazy. I don't know how to say these words. You want to try that? Caradilla I.R. De Saint Roman Dialcal It. That's as good as I can do. So, if you are from here, you probably know what we're talking about, maybe. Because <laughs> I'm sure they got butchered. But it's also known as the Alchemist's House. That might help. This building is situated in the heart of El Cal, the Jewish quarter, with an aptly named Satan's Coffee Corner at the end of the street. In the 14th century, a famous Jewish alchemist lived here. Do you know what alchemists are? No. They're chemists, kind of. They would make up potions and stuff, like medicines. Does that make sense? Kind of. That's what alchemists were. He had a beautiful daughter who was in love with a Christian. She pleaded with the young man to ask her father permission for them to marry, but he declined, knowing that her father would never agree. This led the daughter to end the relationship. So the Christian guy was really mad about the rejection. So the, he decided to poison his former girlfriend. He visited the alchemist's father and required a poisoned rose that would kill with a single sniff. No, you mean sweetheart. Sweetheart, girlfriend, same thing. No. Yeah. At night, he called up to the daughter's window, begging for forgiveness, and offered the deadly rose. The daughter accepted and was felled after taking in the lethal scent. When the alchemist returned and found his daughter dead from the rose that he himself had poisoned, he fled the house forever and put a curse on it. So the guy tricked the alchemist into making a poisoned rose for his own daughter. That ain't cool, is it? First of all, if I was the alchemist, I would be asking what he would do with it. That's usually not what alchemists did. They made their stuff and let them go. It's not their business what they're doing with it. Okay, I think that's got us. No, go back up. Go back up to what? That one. This one? Yeah. Well, I hadn't read this one yet. So, El Bosque in Contadu de Oris. that sound good? Mm. <laughs> Me neither. The Enchanted Wood of... Orius in Barcelona province is full of mysteries and legends. 
Among these are curious figures carved in rock, such as the Maui pictured above, reminiscent of the giant heads on Easter Island. Well, that's kind of cool. In this woods, they have these mysterious big carved figures. That's kind of creepy, isn't it? No. No? You like that? Mm-hmm. See, okay. look, he's got green eyes. He does have green eyes. I wonder if those are painted or if those are glass and it's just shining through that way. Or it's just tennis balls. I don't think it's tennis balls. Okay, so that's what we got for Barcelona. It was kind of short. I'm sure there's much better stories than what I found. So where are we going to next? We're we going to Belgium, Moscow, or Dublin? Dublin. Dublin. Okay. So, so the first one I found for Dublin is called The, the Black Church. The Black Church. Hey, these are going to be easier to read. I can't see any of the words. Well, they're, they're easier words. These days, the imposing dark limestone building in Broadstone houses, in, in the Broadstone houses offices, but up until 1962, St. Mary's was a chapel of ease for the North Dublin Protestant community. I'm not sure what a chapel of ease is. Maybe it's a church that they could overflow into. I don't know what that is. What's that mean? Like, if the other church was full, they could move to this church too? I don't know. I don't know. But it looks black, doesn't it? Due to the darkness of the stone, the building became better known as the dark, as the black church. And various myths rose about it. The most common one being that if you ran around the building three times and then entered the church and went to the altar, you would see the devil. Okay, let's go to Dublin. So, do you, you think that would be a good one? Or, although in true Dublin tradition, different variations are required of the required actions, are, uh, there's other actions you have to do. One of them is saying the three times, run around three times, and then run to the altar. There's another one that says you have to walk around the church in reverse 13 times, or having to recite the Our Father backwards. Father Our? No, it's Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What? Yeah, you but have you to have to say that whole thing backwards. Say that again? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to try to say it backwards. Say it again. What? Our Father who art in heaven? Heaven for our, our Father? <laughs> but you'd have to say it in this black church and say that backwards and then go to the altar to see Satan. You want to go see Satan? I want to see what he looks like. So you would run around this church? Well, it's not even a church anymore, so I don't know if it, there's probably not an altar. Okay. So this right here is Trinity College. The murder, the murder of Edward Ford and Dark Side of Trinity College. I wasn't oh. done. Do you know the story Dracula? No. You never heard of Dracula? Yes. Bram Stoker is who wrote Dracula. He went to this college, and Oscar Wilde wrote the Canterville Ghost. He went to this college. A what? The Canterville Ghost. It's what? another story. So, to this day, as a center for medical studies, Trinity Medical School still sees its fair share of dead bodies. 
But while the cadavers donated to the medical science today are treated with courtesy and respect, the bodies used by medical students in the 19th century suffered a less dignified fate. Did you know that you could donate your body to science? And that they would do, they would like cut you open and do stuff? Well, back then, in the 19th century, they didn't have enough people doing that. They were still learning medicine and stuff. So they would have... That's where um, grave robbers come from. Grave robbers and body snatchers. They would go, when someone would be buried, that night they'd go dig up the body and steal it. Oh, like in The Simpsons. Treehouse of Horror 2? I don't remember, but sure. If that's what they did. It was Mr. Burns... It was Mr. Burns in... Um... I forgot his client's name. Smithers? Smithers out in the graveyard and they thought Simpson Homer was dead and then they took his brain out and put it in a robot. Oh. That's weird. I don't know why I still remember it. <laughs> Upon the construction of the Berkeley Library in the late 1990s, remains of dozens of bodies were discovered. They figure that these bodies were sourced through grave robbers and body snatchers by medical students as part of their medical training. Then they would quickly dissect and bury the bodies under the cloak of darkness. It is not known if any of these individuals haunt the college, but one man who reportedly does is a former lecturer, Edward Ford. In 1734, a somewhat ill-tempered academic was sparked to anger by a group of rowdy Trinity students throwing stones at the windows. <clears throat> Mr. Ford did not take this sort of hijinks well and decided to disperse the rambunctious students by firing a pistol at them. The drunken group quickly scattered but sought revenge at being shot at. What do you think they did? They did it again? Nope. They went to the rooms, grabbed their own firearms, and headed back to the building to teach Mr. Ford a lesson by firing a shot through his window. Idiots! He's already dead. How are you going to kill him well, a second time? He wasn't dead. He was just a teacher, and they were throwing stones at his window, and he was mad, so he shot at him. Were there students in the classroom? No, this was at night. Oh. Those were the students that were throwing the rocks. So they shot in his window. They weren't trying to kill him, but that's what happened. Ford had been shot, and although he could not name his assailant, his last words were said to have been about the identity of the shooter, with Ford saying, I do not know, but God forgive them, I do. No successful charges were ever brought against any student of the shooting of Ford, but it is said that a forlorn individual in a powdered wig and Georgian attire can be seen wandering the building at night, and that none of and that it is none other than Ford's ghost that haunts the halls. How about that? No? The Heckfire Club. You want to go to that one? <laughs> okay. It so looks like wood. This is the Hellfire Club. It was formed in London in 1719, but was banned within two years by the King of England, George I. The edicts of the king did not, however, prevent the Hellfire Club from emerging from the 
for the wealthy young gentlemen of Dublin as a place where they could drink, gamble, torture animals, and do even a bit of Satan worshipping. What? Yeah. One of the founders of the club was Richard Parsons, first Earl of Rosé, who was also the first Grand Master of the Freemasons in Dublin. In fact, Parsons' home was on Molewar Street, where the main Dublin Masonic Lodge was is said to have operated since 1869. That's long. Yep. The club members... Uh, wait, I skipped something. Parsons what? and many of the wealthy young gents, or bucks as they call themselves, would meet in taverns and inns around the city and enjoy their debaucheries among their numbers was the sheriff of Dublin, Simon Luttrell. <clears throat> Luttrell was known by various nicknames and titles, including the King of Hell, and was said to have sold his soul to the devil to escape crippling debts. I thought... I thought the King of Hell. I thought Lucifer was him. Well, this guy was that on earth, I guess. And he sold his soul to get money, too. All these people want money, and they sell their soul to the devil. Why not sell your soul to God? That don't work that way. Mm. So, the club members moved their many moved many of their meetings into the foothills of the Dublin Mountains, specifically the former hunting lodge of William Conley, speaker of the Irish House of Colin, Commons and one of Ireland's richest men, on Montpelier Hill, which took the name of the Hellfire Club. It is reported that on the that on building the hunting lodge, Conley had used the stones of a former ancient carn and passage grave, which... For, what in the world? I, I got lost there. Hold on. It was reported that on building the hunting lodge, Conley had used the stones of a former ancient carn and passage grave, which further added to the ghoulish attraction for the club members. I don't know what a passage grave is. We know what a carn is. I don't know, but now to the next story. Now to Belgium? Belgium. Okay. Near the Dutch border, there was a haunted house so popular it attracted ghost hunters from all over Europe. And that was what became its downfall. The owner had demolished it for safety reasons in 2011. After all, a crumbled wall and bad wood or health hazard uh, let's see. According to local legends, a German soldier was electrocuted near the house during World War One, and his ghost remains in the house. He was joined by four Canadian soldiers during World War Two because their tank hit a mine on the property. Boom. There are several unsettling tales about the house where cell phones will suddenly have no service, watches stop ticking, doors slamming shut, and curious visitors captured strange mist on their camera. Whatever will know, will whatever the truth will never know, since it was demolished, and has been turned into legend. Another ghost story goes back to World War One. It's a story about the White Cavalry. In 1918, in Leper. The British Captain Hayward saw how Germans threw granite and shot in an empty piece of land. After fighting their non-existent enemy, they suddenly turned and fled. (laughs) 
After taking them captive, the English obviously had some questions. The German, German, I cannot talk today, can I? The German colonel said they had seen strange army in white riding on white horses. They trotted through the bullets and granites, coming closer and closer. The German battalion was then overcome by a strange panic and they ran from the mysterious riders. What do you think about that? Mm. I don't know. Nothing? You don't have nothing to say about that one? So America went to Germany. Yes. And asked, why are your troops shooting at nothing? No, that was the British that did that. The British or the English were the Americans. Let's see. Oh, this one was pretty fun. The dying um, horse of Dick. Yes. Goldie Tim Braley. Goed Tim Braille, maybe. I don't even know how to say that. Posale, Posale, a village near Ghent, has its fair share of strange... Uh, okay. One legend is about a farm named Goten Braille. Around 1800, a family settled in on the farm but were not comfortable as all their horses died all of a sudden. The family then asked some priests to investigate the property. You know what these priests said? It was haunted. These priests said that only Mary, the mother of Jesus, could save this farm. They instructed the farmers to position a dead horse in front of the farm with its legs upward. So lay a dead horse on its back with its legs up. But his legs aren't going to stay up. Maybe they had to bury it that way. I don't know. And built Because they had to build a chapel dedicated to Mary on top of it. So the farmers did what they were told and the mysterious horse death stopped. How about that? The chapel was rebuilt after it was destroyed during road construction in 1951. Guess they want to make sure they didn't have any more crazy horse deaths, huh? The late go the lady ghost of La Roche. La Roche. In the castle of La Roche in Ardine, there used to live a nobleman with a very beautiful daughter named Berth. Berthy. He figured the best way to get his son-in-law was to organize a tournament and give the winner Berthy's hand in marriage. The story doesn't mention what Berthy thought of this. Are we going to say Berthy or are we going to call her Berth? What, huh. do you, what do you want to call her? Bertha. Bertha? There's no A there. I don't Berthy. Bertha. The Count of Montague participated fiercely, despite already being engaged to another woman, the Countess Alex de Siam. He won every game, but near the end of the tournament, a mysterious small knight in black entered the contest. The said knight killed the count and took Berthy to her room. The next morning, the couple were found dead on the cliffs underneath the bridal, cha bridal chamber's window. Huh? The mysterious knight turned out to be the Countess Alexi de Siam who had made a pact with the devil so she could kill her cheating fiancé and his wife-to-be. Ever since then, the Countess's ghost haunts the castle. Yay. So the fiancé made a deal with the devil so she could be good in contests. 
Yeah. And killed the Count of Montague. Who? The Count of Montague. Was that the Black Knight? No, the Black Knight was the the girl, I mean, the fiance of the Count of Montague. Yay. All right. I, th- I think that was, oh, this one was a pretty good one, too. Which one? The eyes of the in forest. In 1498, in Bruges, there used to be a nunnery near the River Ray in the House den Newt Goods. Gods, I cannot read this stuff. On the opposite side of the river, there was an Augustan monastery. A monk from the monastery had fallen in love with a young nun named Hortense Dupont. When he found out there was an old tunnel that connected the two buildings, he used this to secretly visit her. When Hortense tried to run away, the rejected monk's the rejected monk stabbed her and buried her body. The ghost now wanders through Den Newt Gods. Some night Hortense appears as a snowy white figure. On other nights the monk appears with a grim face. The story says the monk has been looking for Hortense to ask for her forgiveness, but can never find her. Both ghosts disappear at midnight. Oh, they're both summoned at the same night? Some nights you see one, some nights you see the other. That's what it said. Now, this website is Russian Beyond. So, okay. We're going to go a little over today because these are some good Russian ones. Mm -hmm. The first scary legend concerns Prince Yuri Dugoriki, Moscow's founder. Yuri Dolgorki. It is said in 1158, Prince Dolgorki was traveling through Moscow lands with a Greek sage and came upon a strange three-headed piebald animal. You remember what piebald is? No. <clears throat> remember those snakes I saw yesterday that I liked? The ones that were white but then had regular colors and spots? Yes. That's piebald. <clears throat> it ran into the forest. Prince Dugorki was frightened, but the sage said not to worry that this was a good sign, and one day a majestic city would be built on this spot, and many nations would gather here. Prince Dugorki, I'm sure that's not how you say it, emerged from the forest to find a hill on which stood a town belonging to a wealthy boyar. What? Stephen Cookley. I don't know what a boyar is either. I guess it's kind of like a mayor, maybe. But the proud boyar did not meet the prince according to tradition, and therefore Dagorki ordered the boyar to be seized and executed. His head fell to the ground, sprinkling blood everywhere. Meanwhile, Dagorki went on to rule over Moscow. Ever since then, the era of modern-day something, Shretka is home to the ghost of the proud boyar. Who appears and frightens local residents. Therefore, superstitious Moscow residents says the city stands on blood. Anything? How is that? I don't get it. What? I <clears throat> thought that story was supposed to be about, about an animal that killed a, a person. No. The Gorky Highway. Condemned murderer on Gorky Highway. 
Once the Gorky Highway was called Vladimir Road, which is where convicted people marched to go to the Siberian penal colonies. One day, a dangerous murderer was marching in a penal convoy. He did not survive the trip. Since there was not time to bury him, they left his body on the side of the road. This is why his soul can't find peace and still terrorizes the living. Drivers say that late at night, a strange man sometimes appears roadside, bearded, poorly dressed, and resembling a homeless man. He waves to cars as if he wants them to stop, but his gait is strange as if his feet are shackled. What? Chained. No, then what did you just say? What part? What you just said. He's walking funny because his feet, like his feet are chained. If you see him, be careful. He's the ghost of the tormented murderer. If you stop, the ghost comes over to your window and says, forgive me. Then you should say, God will forgive you and drive away quickly without looking back. Otherwise, the convict's restless soul will take you with it to the afterlife. Nothing? Yeah. Yay. This killer will take you to the afterlife? I like the story. No. Okay, this is the miserly old man from. <laughs> How do you say that word? Mastiesta. <laughs> Some kind of street. Okay. Why does it? Why does it look like his his face has a meat suit on it? A meat suit? I don't know. Because the face is very wrinkled, and also his eyes are going down, or that's just the shade of his that's eyes. Just it's just a drawing. This goes back to the home, the second half of the 19th century, somewhere between 1843 and 1870. A childless couple lived on 17 Mayanskaya Street. They were Mishka. north of the, You think? Mm-hmm. They were known for their eccentric behavior and solitary lifestyle. The house is decorated with Masonic symbols, and legend says the husband and wife found a Masonic cache in one of the rooms and decided not to have kids and not to employ unnecessary servants. What? You remember what the Masonic Knights were doing? They took this, the Templar Knights. Do you remember that movie we watched where they stole all and took all the gold and tried to hide it? You remember that now? What? Wasn't that the frame? No. I know. Oh, what? Was that the weird movie where, where King Arthur or someone had to cut off a man's legs? I don't remember that arms. part. No, no. <laughs> that's that's not it. Oh, wait, it's, that's the five nights at the round table? What you're talking about is Monty Python's Holy Grail. This is where they took all the riches and... I never watched that or read that story. What part? Yeah, it was on National Treasure. Remember, he was running around Washington, D.C. Yeah, we saw it. Anyway, okay, so they found all this money. Since they were afraid of losing all their money, they almost never left home. And once they had to leave for a short time, they hid all their riches in the fireplace and left only one caretaker to look after the house. 
When the couple returned, however, they saw everything had been burned in the fireplace. The caretaker had been very cold and so decided to warm himself with a fire. Old woman Kosanavika died on the spot while her husband went mad and died shortly thereafter. Today, Muscovites say that late in the evening, sometimes you can see a gray-haired old man in a shabby coat approaching passerbys asking them, where is my money? This encounter does not promise anything good because anyone approached by the miserly old man soon loses large amounts of money and goes bankrupt. What you think? Disgusting. Alright, here's the last one. We are way over today. Nobody cares. So, the metro is like their subway? I know what a metro is. Okay. I've been to New York. It's dangerous to ride in ordinary train cars of the Orange Line after midnight on one particular day of the year. It first happened September 9th, 1999, when five young ladies riding at night in car 26498, late, suddenly lost consciousness. One of the passengers was able to film the face of a young woman outside the train with his mobile phone. What happened? A year earlier, on September 9, 1988, as the VDNKH station, a young lady lost consciousness and fell under an approaching train. Ever since then, she appears on the day of her death and causes passengers to lose consciousness. did she lose the consciousness? She just passed out and fell and a train ran over. Was she this way or this way? Oh wait, if she was this way she would have survived because train tracks go a little bit above, trains go a little bit bit above the train tracks. She might have been, yeah. But But if it was sideways she would have been dead. Well, she was dead, so... There you go. Oof. Well, there you go. That was... Why does she look sad in the picture? Because she's dead. <laughs> yeah, but it looks like she's outside right. in the rain. Well, it's just, it's just a drawing, buddy. I know, but it looks like she's crying. She probably it's... is crying. She's dead. And there's rain outside. Okay. So, I'm going to go ahead and apologize again to the people in these countries that I very badly butchered lots of names. What does that mean? I didn't say I'm good. I hope y'all forgive me, but I tried. They will never forgive. Probably not. So, what do you think of those stories? What was your favorite? One more thing. I think her neighbor still has that. Has what? That giant package. Well, there's somebody moving in today, so... Okay. What was your favorite story of all those? What do you think? Um, yeah. Just that last one? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right, do you got anything to say to the people? Have a good day. All right. Go out, please like and subscribe. And have a good day. Give us any comments. We'd love to hear them. And subscribe. Tell your, tell your friends that these two guys from Alabama tells really bad ghost stories about your cities. Hey. <laughs> and maybe they might enjoy listening to them. 
Maybe you can write us a little email at worldaccordingtonoah at gmail and tell us how bad it was. Gmail.com. Yeah, they figure that part out. Okay. <laughs> Please like and subscribe. Have a good day. Goodbye. It's a beautiful day outside. Birds are singing. Flowers are blooming. On days like this, children like you should be subscribing to us. Thanks for listening. And have a good day. Goodbye.